What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Made Varsity Late Night Edition. My name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains. Hey, everybody. My name is A. Rivero. You can find me on Twitter at D. Rivero1222. It's your boy, Maverick. You can find me on social media at Heartbreak2 underscore kid. Thought you are about to get into some reggaeton there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, that's, I don't have that range quite yet. A little shaggy influence. Good evening to everyone but Jessica. My name is Aaron, <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. Bro. David, just wait till you get to the the meat of the Jessica. She <laughs> she seems line. like she got some issues. She's a walking red flag, and I sent that to the group me. I was like, this Jessica woman is a walking red flag. Like, it's <laughs> impressive that you can say that after only seeing two episodes. Yes, from the for those that don't know, we are talking about Love Is Blind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. we're just jumping right into this. So yeah, <laughs> let's just jump into Love Is Blind since yeah, we're here. <laughs> we're already here. Just do it. I'm two episodes in, so at this point, almost everybody, if not everybody, has proposed to this point. Um, so I think it's like – actually, no, because I still don't know who uh, Jessica ends up with because she was trifling between Barnett and Mark. <laughs> and I'm like, no, Mark, you need to have some self-respect. She was ready to drop your butt for Barnett and his 27-year-old butt. And then I was, he was like – Oh, so now, ten being ten years younger is not a problem because now you ain't got no man. And I was just, I was getting angry at my TV, man. It, this gets me worked up. <laughs> she got a problem with being ten years older, but doesn't have a problem with being seven years older. It, 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 <laughs> and then she was like, <laughs> I, she did, get, she did say something funny. She was like, "The army girl's gonna kick my butt," and I'm like, <laughs> "Yes." <laughs> My, my favorite. Oh wait, no, I'm not gonna say that. Even though it's my favorite. Wait, David, take off your headphones and okay. I'll like wave when you can come back. All right, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. Or um, Aaron, do you care? Uh, I don't care. My well, I guess you like for you. Um, she's already with Mark anyway. When <laughs> when Jessica was like, "Well, what's gonna happen when I'm 40 and you're 30?" And he was like, I'm still going to be here. And she was like, well, what about when I'm 50 and you're 40? I'm like, dude, the math isn't going to change. Like, you're always going to be 10 years. I've seen that part, yes. I agree with that. Okay. Now we can bring David All right, I'm back. back. <laughs> All right, I'm back. Sorry, I just really had to get off, get that off my chest because it was hilarious when it was happening. Okay. Um, do you have any other first impressions? Um, Barnett... Because, like I said, he's not technically proposed to anybody yet. He seems the type. How do I? Put, he seems like a Chad. Um, <laughs> he seems yep. like a Chad. Uh, uh, Carlton looks like he's the type to put up a front and then be really insecure about a lot of things. Because he he kind of touches on some stuff in. In one of the episodes about his sexuality and stuff like that and like, you know, having issues with expressing that to people and whether afraid of people judging him for that. And so from that perspective, it's like, all right, you got some sympathy. But that doesn't excuse the fact that in the first episode, he was rude as hell. So (laughs) um, who else? Who else? There's this one guy who has this massive head. He has a massive dome. And it's like they didn't show any footage of him unless he was consoling somebody else. You're talking about My Rory. Rory. Is it Rory? Oh, I love Rory. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they don't show they didn't show 
any footage of him for no that's probably all you're gonna see but i still love him (laughs) (laughs) he's got a massive dome oh my god (laughs) he's a band teacher is he Mm -hmm. oh that's amazing see i there we go um well who else who else who else uh what is it lauren and cameron cameron they hit it off first that's all that matters they hit it off first. I like them. Lauren, I, there's something about Lauren's, but uh, <laughs> she's. I like her. Um, I'm hoping – he's always like, yeah, I'm a scientist and I want to test this hypothesis. And I'm like, can you the, please shut your mouth, please? The like, stuff <laughs> – they are so vague in the job descriptions. Oh, my gosh. Manager is like <laughs> four people's job descriptions. What do you manage? There was a one guy who was like, I work in AI, and that was it. <laughs> Go into any further detail. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. There's a really, like, nondescript couple in there. It's like... Kenny oh, and Kelly. Kenny and Ke- Kelly? <laughs> huh? Kenny and Kelly? Kenny and Kelly. And, Kelly. Kenny and, Kelly. and The then, one that um, this says life coach? Yes, 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 those. Um, there's another one. Uh, yeah, they're super boring. It doesn't change. It's the until the very end. The Brazilian, the Brazilian, Brazilian Janina. girl. Yeah, Janina and, and Damien. And Damien, there you go. Yeah, that that seems like it's going to get interesting because. So he just proposed, and that's like the cliffhanger of when, Ooh. like between episode two and three. It, it gets it gets addressed immediately. So okay, okay, up. okay, yeah, okay. So I. Uh, his was so funny though because he was like i'm gonna put all this stuff in a box the box is empty there is no bow the bow is on my wrist i'm your (laughs) gift and it's dude come on (laughs) look away look back old spice (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh it's It's hot trash and i love it It, it's a fun show dude i like it so i haven't even gotten into like the really dramatic stuff yet so i'm excited what are y'all's thoughts on the people saying like I love you and you're my soulmate after talking for like, I don't know, to be generous, 12 hours Okay, so behind a wall. My my whole thing, I told I, – I was texting Lauren about this. I was like when you starve people of like – well, first of all, you take people that are obviously looking for those kinds of connections and then you like starve them of like physical like or human-to-human contact from a like physical level. I feel like it's going to be easier for them to get to attached – or easier for them to get attached to those people who they naturally gravitate towards because like everyone loved Barnett (laughs) like and he's just like a charming person you know like if you're a charming person you're already you know on the up and up because you know people are now like craving that attention um so I don't know I I don't necessarily believe situations elicit intense emotions so I, I don't necessarily believe in the in the pro- like I'm not like oh like you know uh, like I don't believe in the whole idea of it like oh you can you should only do it for per- like I don't know you do you but I like it how the first episode everyone was like so what do you look like <laughs> and Lauren was the only one to be like that's the, that's not the point <laughs> L anyway. speed that's my girl. She's also right. one that basically quoted the the uh, synopsis of Shrek. Oh, she did, yes. <laughs> like, I wouldn't date Shrek, but if Shrek had a nice personality, 
That is exactly what she said verbatim. <laughs> anyway, Love is Blind. Watch Love is Blind on Netflix. I've been watching, like, all the Netflix dating shows. I was watching um, Back With My Ex right now, and <laughs> it's similarly messy. But we can talk about that maybe at the end of the podcast. Right now, let's talk about Carolina basketball, as we are want to do on this podcast. Carolina comes in as the 14th seed in the ACC tournament. They are playing uh, tonight, hopefully, when you're hearing this, at 7 o'clock in Greensboro. Got Virginia Tech in the first game. We lost that first matchup in double overtime. Nope, single overtime? Double overtime in Black. Double. So, a little bit of revenge. I feel like this is going to be, well, not entirely a revenge tour, but mostly a revenge tour if Carolina manages to string a couple wins together. Maverick, how you feeling? We're the most dangerous 14 seed of all time. <laughs> Probably. I would have to think so. Um, it, it is win or go home, literally. So, if we don't win, our season's done. So CBI, CBI. Yeah. Uh, David, I I have no expectations. If we win a couple games, we make some noise. Then so be it. I'll get interested if we get to the point where we are playing like the Louisvilles, the Virginias, and maybe even like an NC State. Um, we won't play them to the championship. No, okay. I didn't see the bracket, so um, nor Duke. We would dodge Duke too. Uh, unless we make the championship, and so, they make it, so it would be um, it'll be interesting at that point. But like, you got to beat the other teams on the way there, and unless we can, I think we can. But I'm not gonna get invested until we get to like, you know, Thursday. Uh, Aaron, if we play like we did the three games leading up to the Duke game. I think that we have the potential to make a run at it. If we play like the second half of the Duke game, uh, we could be done 24 hours from now. Um, Dang. I mean, that's a bleak outlook, but... No, I just I hadn't thought about, like, our season could be over in 24 hours on March 10th. Yeah. Dang. Bleak. It is bleak, but... It's also the reality of the situation at this point. Who do you think is going to win the tournament? I think uh, I think FSU is going to end up winning it. I could see Virginia winning it. They've been playing really good basketball lately. They just beat Louisville on Saturday, right? Yes. They've been on a tear as of late. And as we know, when a Tony Bennett team is on, they're as good as anybody. I just hope it's not Duke, if we're being honest. <laughs> Maverick, who do you got? I think Virginia is a strong pick. And I have to, Duke has to be a strong pick as well. I, I think that's the championship game is Virginia-Duke. I mean, Virginia did just win their last game against them at UVA, so they definitely can beat them. Uh, be anxious to see what it'd be like in a semi-neutral site, but I think it would probably benefit Duke being in Greensboro compared to Charlottesville. That's probably my two teams, at least at this point. Virginia has shown the ability to win close games. They've won 
Um, at one point, they won like seven games by three points or less. Like they have just been—they have—they are the anti-Carolina in that <laughs> the games that we lost, they won, um, and that's that gets you a double buy in the ACC tournament. I think they have a really good chance. Louisville disappears a little too much for me, um, for me to feel good about them. Uh, but I think Florida State and Duke are both really solid. I think NC State is the most unstable five seed in the history of the ACC tournament. But I don't know. I I think State should be scared if they run up against the 12th-ranked Wake Forest in that first game. I think the way Wake Forest has played recently, they could uh, get a little Greensboro mocho and might give a bit of a challenge to State on, on Wednesday. I think that this season in college basketball at large and in the ACC has shown that any team has a real chance at winning both the ACC tournament and the big dance. How is Miami a nine seed? They are bad. They aren't good, but Clemson at an eight seed, if Clemson wins that first game and they have to play Florida State, <laughs> Florida State's first game is against the Clemson, who just won the day before. I would be a little worried if I were the Seminoles. Anyway, the ACC is wild. Um, I'm probably going to watch a good bit of the tournament, whether Carolina wins or loses. I just like watching basketball. I'm getting into a basketball watching mode. So how will it how will it be watching in March? Like I haven't experienced like just not worrying about Carolina for at least ten years. Why? Well, I, I mean, I came into this fandom been late. Really involved. I came into I this think, fandom late. I think it will be simultaneously painful and exhilarating. I know in twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen, excuse me, in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, after we lost. I just didn't even bother watching because I was like, I'm too invested. This is too painful. Um, I did watch the championship game last year, but that's the only game that I've watched after we lost uh, both years. And I felt the same thing when the Indians lost uh, to the Astros in 2017 after we won a hundred games. Um, but I definitely think it'll be easier this year because we've had the time to come to terms with it. Justin Pierce said something interesting where he said, or what me and Christian Keeling can bring to this thing is we both know what it's like to have to win your conference tournament to go to the NCAA, to go to, um, the NCAA tournament. So. I saw that. I thought it was a nice sentiment, but I don't know how functionally that matters. I I guess I will be the dissenting voice, and I am excited slash nervous. I am very nervous for the game tomorrow. I really, really want to hope. I know this is very against, like, my entire brand, but I am am very much hoping that we can maybe pull something out. I don't know why I have this confidence that we might be able to win five, but... I think that... This is as much of a don't let this team get hot team as we've ever seen from Carolina basketball in that when we're bad, we're bad. But when we're good, like Cole said, like it wasn't against incredible competition, but we did look like a really good team. Those three games that we won in a row. Yeah. 
I've seen um, some, uh, like, not like efficiency-based stuff, but some things that are, like, more more holistic than win-loss that put us as the seventh best team in the ACC, which feels about right. And I feel like this is a year in which the seventh best team of the ACC could win the tournament. So. Yeah. Anything else in college basketball? Are Dayton and San Diego State actually good? I think Dayton is. I think Obi, my boy Obi, is actually the real deal. Um, whether they'll do well in March, I don't know. Duke is going to be a three seed, and their two and one are going to be Dayton and San Diego State. God, wouldn't that be just absolutely on brand? Dandy. I um, I have no idea who the. I guess Kansas. Yeah, I think Kansas is far and away the favorite to win it all. After that, God knows. I I could not tell you. I do not believe in Baylor basketball. Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen them lose early too many times for me to be like, yes, Baylor. That's the team that's that's gonna do it. The team of destiny. Now, <laughs> Gonzaga, I feel like doesn't have good enough guard play. Like their bigs are really good, but like they aren't gonna be able to get their own shot at the end of the game. I don't know. I just don't know. Anyway, remember Memphis? <laughs> Who? Shall we move on to recruiting? Yes, please. At least we have football. Thank God. We're a football, we're a football school, school we're a football now. School. Um, y'all keep up with recruiting more than I do, even though I've been keeping track a little bit more over the past week just because it's been so big. But I'll let one of y'all, whoever wants to, take it. I, I guess I can. So it's kind of all started last week, early in the week. Um, there were some rumblings of a impending commitment. So we were on commitment watch. We ended up getting a commitment from Keyshawn Silver, uh, who's a really good defensive player uh, in state as well, four star. And so that just kind of got the ball rolling. And I'll never heard this. It was absolutely insane. On Friday, there all these Twitter accounts and even like rivals people. Like and, from rivals and analysts were like, and Coach Longo about to did too. For UNC, like, Coach Longo happening. said, Coach Longo said something big is coming today. See, so, yeah, he did like a winky face and everything. And so, there's long been like kind of talk about Drake May. For those of you, if you don't recognize the name, he is the son of Mark May, UNC quarterback in the '80s, and then the younger brother of one Luke May, 2017 national champion. And the uh, younger brother my as student. well of Cole May, 2017 so, national champion. Who is a five-star quarterback. He's a top five quarterback in the 2021 20, class, the number one player in the state of North Carolina. And um, People are projecting that he's going to rise to a top ten overall player in the next year. So was has been since July, was committed to Alabama to be their new quarterback of the future. However... Uh, they got they're getting their kind of quarterback of the future as people are predicting this class. So they a lot of Alabama's recruiting analysts were saying that it would be tough to kind of keep Drake May, whether he goes to Carolina or not. But just Alabama would be pretty tough to keep him since there's already going to be competition for him. And so uh, on Friday, there's more and more rumblings that it was May. I happened to check it. I just started following Drake. And I went to his page. 
and usually uh, on his bio it had like Bama gang and it had uh, like University of Alabama uh, class of like 21 or whatnot or and then it, I noticed it got taken off and it just said Myers Park quarterback so I was like hmm interesting and then not like five minutes later Drake may simultaneously announces his decommitment from Alabama and then commitment to the University of North Carolina with that being said as appears in every single commitment note yes and respect the decision and a signature yeah and then so that kind of really gets the dominoes rolling we got and then other drake started three commitments in three days the following day we got a commitment from kobe pesor who is a wide receiver i believe he's from king's mountain uh had some really good stats this year was on the uh, definitely rising on the radar I actually had not known of him until the time of the commitment. I was just seeing what the other UNC Twitter were, people were saying. And then they kept saying, well, we're still on commitment watch. So it made it, it was just absolute pandemonium in terms of recruiting. People like wondering what it does. And then the following day, on Sunday, we get a commitment from Eli Sutton, who is a four-star uh, offensive lineman from Nashville, Tennessee. I think he's like one of two out-of-state players that are currently signed now, but all the rest being – in-state uh, players. I mean, it's been absolutely impressive. I've never seen such momentum going into a recruiting process for Carolina. I mean, We've, it's never been had, like this. We had nine four-stars this past year. For this current recruiting class, we have eight already for next year's. Also, so, there was like almost – we've almost tied the amount of four-stars that were in a period of 2011 to 2018. Yeah. And we are so, currently in the number four overall class on 24-7's board for 2021. Sorry, Colby. I was looking at quarterback depth. So I figured 2020 we have um, Sam Howell. 2021 we have Sam Howell as a junior and he leaves in 2021. So in 2022... <clears throat> Jacoby Criswell will jump in as a redshirt sophomore, hopefully, fingers crossed, redshirt sophomore. And then he might be able to pull a um, a Mr. Trubisky and leave after a year. And then the year after that, 2022, or maybe if um, he stays another year, 2023, Luke May comes in as a redshirt junior. Drake? Drake May comes in as a redshirt junior, but no, I th- and I th- scare all the scare all the wolf pack. Say <laughs> Luke May's coming back. So I think there's just so many things to unpack about this too. Starting off with Drake, it's it's definitely sending a national kind of message where we we took a commitment from Alabama. Yes, he has ties to the University of North Carolina, but that's still an impressive feat nonetheless. It's a it feels like we, it feels like we slayed the dragon, essentially, and then so it's not it's kind of putting people on notice that. North Carolina is on the up and up and the fence is being put around the state of North Carolina for in-state recruits. And then not, I mean, not to mention that, I mean, building the class that we currently are as well. And it's building long-term stability, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And especially at the quarterback position, where if you don't have a good quarterback, you're probably not going to be a successful team in the long run. And so now we have at least three quarterbacks that we can, even without seeing them on a field, on a college field, uh, being pretty confident in them being able to lead this team going into the future. And so, whether people have questions about Max, like longevity at this, at being a head coach, 
he's very much setting it where if he does ultimately leave, we're still going to have a whole lot of talent to where things can hopefully keep the ball rolling for whoever does take his spot. Yeah. But we're feeling good about Carolina football. And I will say my dad called me out for <laughs> not believing in um, Mac Brown, which I stand by that take that I had, however, I guess a little over a year ago. But my biggest question was what's going to happen whenever Mac Brown decides to retire. If he's going to be recruiting like this, we should be set for at least a couple years, at least talent-wise, mm-hmm. after he's gone. And uh, our assistants especially have been killing it on the recruiting trail. I think that's the most important thing is it's been clear that the stage has been set for someone to succeed Mac, whoever that someone is, and we hopefully won't see that big of a drop in recruiting because a big part of what people say when they in their notes with that being said of committing to Carolina is they thank uh, the position coaches that have been talking to them too. I mean, Mac is painting a pretty clear picture of whoever does take a spot of what they need to do. So it's just finding the right personality and the right fit to just carry it on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, go ahead and announce, I did renew my season tickets today, so <laughs> I will be there to watch the 2020-21 uh, campaign. If I end up getting a job in the Triangle area, I will also be buying season tickets. If y'all, um, if y'all get to Chapel Hill early enough, you should stop by the tailgate. It's fun. Uh, what else were we going to talk about? Uh, the NFL CBA. NFL CBA or NBA? What y'all want to do? Let's do the CBA since care. Aaron Aaron seems like he's he's ready to go on that one. He's got takes <laughs> loaded. Please I do. don't know if I have takes loaded. So the NFL Players Association election board or something of that sort extended the deadline to vote on the CBA, the player vote to vote on the CBA for every player. Uh, up until Saturday at, I believe, 7, 5 or 7 p.m. They extended it basically a week, um, which makes me think that, number one, they weren't getting the turnout they wanted, but number two, they understand that this is an incredibly, incredibly important decision for the players. Um, and it's pretty mixed so far, which I think is interesting. Basically, yeah. it's se- a 17th game. The 17th game is meaningless, though. Like, it is a regular season game, but no starters will play in it, is the vibe that I've gotten. It, um... I... And that's... The 17th game is big because it is a big pay jump. A big pay bump for people on minimum salaries, which makes up, I believe, about 60% of the league. Mm Mm-hmm. And for people who are only making like a couple hundred G's a week, like a, or a couple hundred G's a year, like I'm not going to act like that's not nothing. But if you can tell them, hey, one more week of your season and we'll give you two hundred thousand more dollars like that is um, a significant pay raise. And I can't blame people for, you know, running the math on what that looks like for their bodies versus like being able to be set up for a little bit longer after they retire. Now, one thing I liked uh, 
because they were debating this on first take. One, th- I kind of like uh, an option that Stephen A. kind of recommended, where rather than making the seventeenth game one like that, it just makes a rule where a player can only play sixteen weeks of the seventeen, so that you can kind of so you can like stagger the players kind of sitting rather than putting them all out for one game. I don't like that. The seventeenth like week. Uh, they add another buy, correct? I, I'm not sure about that, but I, I don't like the everyone has to sit the game because no one wants to watch bad quarterbacks. <laughs> no one wants to watch Kyle That's Allen true. again. I think <laughs> it's a very is that not Kyle the same Allen. concept though, where they would ha- they would sit week 17 anyway? Yeah. So what's the very, point? So that way too, a, you can get them to sit their one game earlier in the season. Against the or team that they know they're going to beat, so that if the week seventeen, if there are all, if there are stakes, then they can all play in that game. You can spread them out as well in that way. I don't know. It's very complex because in the I mean, short they wouldn't run, play week seventeen anyway. The, so why not let them space out when they sit? In the short run, it is good for the minimum level players, but as the guys who are on max salaries have said, it leaves a lot, a lot of money. On the lo- in on the table in the long run, which in the immediate effect, the players making high salaries can withstand, and the players who, but in the long run, it will also negatively af- affect those players on the bottom of the pay scale in the league. But it's hard to ask someone who is making that little money for an NFL player um, to say say no to this pay raise and this greater job security. And um, one of the pouncies, I forget which one, but one of them, the one that talks in his, um, in the t-shirt, um, tells him, telling people to vote yes or no, whichever one he said, I think he said vote no. One thing that he said out loud, which is not something you normally hear people say out loud to the world and unions is that um, people, if there's a strike, people would break the picket line. And I don't think he's wrong because this isn't the 90s anymore where they're fighting for free agency and all these other, like, big things. Like, at the point where this union is now, like, this is not one of the stronger unions in sports, but there aren't that many huge changes that can happen where they're like, we want health insurance or we want pensions, which are, like, huge 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 issues like it is coming down to minutia and percentages of revenue which isn't going to motivate a lot of people to get out and um vote so i i don't know i'm not sure how many players are motivated to try to fight for a better deal even though this is the time when they have leverage when they're trying to get these tv contracts worked out i think that the biggest thing possible change that could still happen is guaranteed contracts but it's clear that's not happening this cycle so who knows when if ever that will happen but yeah i don't know it's complex and the owners are now saying that if the players say no they're going to push for an 18th game or some owners are saying that there are sources saying that some owners are saying that I wonder, I don't know. 
I mean, I feel like eighteen games would force a lockout. I don't think the I don't think the players would. I don't think they would agree to that deal. Yeah, I don't know. That's a lot of football. It is a lot of football. Even when when the college went to the playoffs, people were like, 15 games is a lot of football. But the so. thing is, they would probably add it. They would definitely add in a second bye week. I feel like what would be most fair in that case and safest for everyone is if you had league-wide buys. So you had six games by, six games by, six games by, but that would never happen because the NFL is never going to take a whole week off like that. No. And it would it also pushes back the entire season with I forget if it's with the 17 or the 18 game situation, but the Super Bowl will be pushed back the last week in February. And that's pushing into XFL time, and nobody <laughs> wants that. <laughs> Did y'all see? Speaking of moving season schedules, I think it was the Hawks owner said he yeah. wants the NBA to move back to December. They, was it? Yeah, November? they want to start in December, and so take the kind of the late summer schedule. Because they're saying that it gets so overshadowed by football in October and November that it says that he he claims that or he theorizes that it would have better ratings for it. But uh, they were talking about that on Get Up this morning, where there's also kind of the trade off in the if you're in the dead heat of summer, people are going to be traveling and not necessarily watching basketball as much. But then again, I mean, other than baseball, it's a pretty open spot, nonetheless. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to help because who cares about the regular season of basketball? That's the major issue. Baseball, you have dedicated fans that watch all the games no matter what. Football, every game matters. Basketball is in the weird middle ground, especially when the players try so little in the regular season. I think you run into an issue of like the ACC putting the biggest putting uh conference games in the first game of the season like if you if the first game of the season was on christmas you run into stuff like georgia tech beating florida state the first game of the season yeah i um sorry maverick did you have something because i actually had something to say about college basketball real quick oh no so we were just saying too where i mean for nba compared to like acc play I thought you, I mean, you were mentioning ACC play. I didn't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll finish that thought. Um, I was listening to an ACC podcast today. Um, that's the name of the podcast. I'm not being generic. Um, and they were they mentioned that the Big Ten, the way they do their 20-game conference schedule, is immediately after the ACC Big Ten Challenge, there are two conference games right after you take a break for Christmas, a break for finals, um, you finish those out, and then once the new year starts, you jump back into conference play. And I think that is a much better model than first game of the season we're going to jump into conference play. Yeah, I agree with that. I also feel like I think that the NBA, like I said with the regular season not mattering, runs into the issue of it's just too long of a season. Game, or Too many games are played. I think the NBA would not agree to reducing the number of games and it would cause issues from a supply standpoint from the size of arenas. But 
if you made the NBA season 45 or 50 games, I think it would solve a lot of the issues with load management and players resting and players not trying and the games not mattering. 58 round robin. Everyone plays home and away. Yeah. It's not going to happen because why would the owners say, yes, we're playing fewer games and making less money unless they make arenas gigantic. But I think that that would solve a lot of the problems that people have with the league. Speaking of the NBA, though, um, LeBron is MVP at um, 35 years old. Isn't that nuts? I I said it. (laughs) Yeah, he's been playing out of his mind. This weekend was ridiculous. I... um, I tried to watch as much as those of those two games to watch almost all the um, Clippers game. I saw a bit of the Bucks game and LeBron is ridiculous. He's just ridiculous. I watched uh, all of the Clippers game. I didn't watch the Bucks game, but I heard that Giannis was getting that work. Um, that was a fun game, by the way, the on uh, on Sunday. Um but yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you can say at this point. I, I like Giannis too, but come, like, come on, it, it's Bron. I don't mean to alarm anyone, but Colin Sexton is on pace to average fifty-eight points per game in the month of June. June? Oh, is he settling? Settling, increasing how many points per game he has? In the month of February, he averaged 22 points per game. This month, he averages 31 points per game. So in April, 40, May, 49, and June, he will lead us to the NBA championship, scoring 58 points per game. Okay. Book it. <laughs> Book sure, it. Jan. Uh, Kobe's starting tomorrow. Finally. He's been tearing it up. He's shooting, what, like 42% from three since the All-Star break? Look what Roy did to him. Just <laughs> set him on fire. He's going to be really good, I think. Yeah, he's going to be in the league for a long time. That makes me really happy. I love Kobe. <laughs> he's great. All right, what else is there? I know, David, you had something. I did. Is there anything else that we wanted to talk about before I posed this existential question to the group? Just the movies I saw this weekend, but we can do yours first. All right. So I got into this argument. Not really an argument. Uh, that's a strong word. I got into this debate with, with my fiance, my significant other, and she's skeptical. But is Kung Fu Panda a high-quality piece of film? Yes. Yes. I'll be honest. You've never seen Kung Fu Panda. I've never seen Kung Fu Panda. You're Lauren, missing out on... Warren, listen to me. You're li- <laughs> Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> it's a great movie. I know you listen to every episode of this podcast. I don't know what you're not seeing in Kung Fu Panda. There, uh, listen, I get it. On the off of face value, you have a fat panda voiced by Jack Black. Like, it is abrasive on the surface level. But the whole point of the movie is to look inside yourself. If you would just watch the movie, you'd understand that, Lauren. 
<laughs> has she not seen it? I, she has seen it. All I'm saying is the music is great. The plot is great. The animation is great. The voice music acting is great. Music by Hans Zimmer. <laughs> I like God. Master Fugway the best. Bro, that score is so good. It has no right. Plus, the whole trilogy has no right to be as good as it is. But still, that's a different conversation. Like, we are talking Jack Black, Dustin Hoffman, Ian McShane, Angelina Jolie, Lucy Liu, Jackie Chan, Seth Rogen. Like, that is a ridiculously stacked cast. And it's beautifully Michael animated. Clark Duncan. <laughs> Masterpiece. I, I stand firmly by my ideals. If you've got a problem with that, check me on Twitter. Do it right now. <laughs> Come at me. Throw hands. This is an animated movie that they built that debuted at Cannes Film Festival. They knew how good it was. Yes, I will stand by your take, David. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was expecting agreement, but I just wanted to make sure I was not crazy. <laughs> I saw Onward, the new Pixar movie this weekend. And I loved it. It was my favorite animated movie of the past two years. I thought it was better than any animated movie I saw last year. And uh, Turner, friend of the pod, asked um, if I saw Toy Story 4 and Claws last year. I saw both of them. I think it's better than both of those movies. Pixar is back. It's great. And they have another one dropping this June. They're going back to back. And then I also watched the um, the Batflick Ball movie. Um, <laughs> ben the, Affleck's. Oh, uh, the Way Back. That's what it is. The Way Back. Yes. That's the actual name of the movie. And it was fine. It was I was in a basketball mood. It was the day of the Duke game. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about the Duke game. We lost. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. The first two thirds were good. I don't know why he was trying to run a 1-3-1 with his super unathletic team. I also don't know why he was trying to speed up the pace with his team that was not good at shooting. Anyway, um, Ben Affleck basketball movie has some feels. They did not land with me. They landed with others, I believe, in the theater. But if you want a fine sports movie, wait till it comes out on VOD. What else is there? I think I'm done. I feel like there was one more thing. Was there one I more thing? I also feel like there was one more thing. We said something and I forgot what it was. I bet we'd remember as soon as we stopped recording. Probably. <laughs> Let's see. There's nothing. We did football, CBA. We did. I don't know. I can't think of it. I don't know. I'm rambling at this point. Yep. I think it's time to go. So. Uh, I'm not going to do the whole outro. I'm just going to say bye. Stay safe. Wash your hands, please. Wash your hands, people. Jeez. 20 seconds, you nasties. <laughs>